Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Pasha. My name is Inas Kosana. Thanks for joining us. Today we discuss extreme heat and extreme cold in South Africa and how two researchers went about understanding these events. Joining us is Jennifer Fitchett, an Associate Professor of Physical Geography at the University of Witwatersrand in South Africa. We also have Dr. Adrian van der Waal, a lecturer in geography at the University of the Free State, also in South Africa. Jennifer starts by telling us why it's important to understand extreme temperatures in a world where the climate is changing. So there are three reasons why we're particularly interested in extreme temperatures. The first and perhaps the most pressing is issues of human health. We know that when humans are exposed to heat stress that they can result in having heat stroke and cardiovascular issues and so there are very significant health concerns related to extreme heat events particularly when there are extreme heat events that people are not very well prepared for or not very well adapted to it's also a problem in terms of plant and animal health because similar to us humans plants and animals will each have a particular threshold beyond which they start to experience heat stress and they start to experience the ill effects of a prolonged particularly extreme exposure to heat And thirdly, we're particularly interested because there is a capacity to adapt to extreme heat events, but we can only do so when we have the information about when and where and how these extreme heat events are likely to occur both now and in the future of climate change. Adrian, could you tell us more about your findings in the extreme temperature in South Africa? The two papers that were published is the, on warm extremes and cold extremes. So firstly, the warm extremes, uh, in general, the number of warm days and nights in the majority of stations that we lived at is increasing. If we look also on a seasonal basis, there's a stronger increase in warm extremes in autumn as well and summer. And then um, if we look at the heat wave specifically, there's also increase across the country in the number of heat waves that we found. So we found that three events per decade from 1960 to 2016. And if you look at the cold extremes, there's also that there's actually a general decrease in cold spells and cold waves across the country. But if we look on a regional level and specifically in the Western Cape, Eastern Cape and the Northwest province, there is evidence that cold spells is increasing. And similar to the dead waves, um, there's also an increase that we found in the Northern Cape, Gauteng area, KwaZulu-Natal, and also the Eastern Cape. So it's safe to say that South Africa will have increased hot and cold temperatures, and they are both a positive and a negative. Please take us through this. If we look firstly at the hot temperatures, so the positives, if it's hotter or warmer, um, there's a longer period for, especially for the agricultural sector, so they can growing the crops. You can also experience with the hotter temperatures, warmer winters maybe, and then that may, may lead to a lower mortality rates. Also, it will influence the tourism industry. So, for instance, outdoor tourism will benefit from that. Negatives of hot temperatures or warmer temperatures especially um, can lead to heat exhaustion, especially for the um, outdoor workers. There's a higher energy demand. For instance, if you look at your aircon, if it's warmer, you will put on your aircon or fan. 
um, but also negatively impact ecosystems, phenological events. Especially it will have a huge influence on the informal settlements due to the vulnerability and lack of proper infrastructure. If we look at the positives of cold temperatures, may have effects on low-income communities with low adaptive capacity as well as vulnerable housing infrastructure um, and also can lead to reduction of energy consumption and cost as well. Cold negatives, again, uh, it will have a huge impact on um, ecosystem, changing plant and animal distribution can result in loss in life and even uh, livestock in uh, the rural areas. And lastly, uh, also delaying the seasonal phenological events as well. How did you go about measuring these temperatures? Firstly, we obtained uh, the daily maximum and minimum temperatures um, from 20 selected stations across South Africa for the period from 1960 to 2016. We looked or used temperature indices that were specially developed to measure these extremes, cold and warm extremes. The researchers also used sector-specific climate change indices, which are related to temperature indices. This was a first for South Africa. With these indices, they measured the cold waves and the heat waves in a specific study period. They then used trend analysis to see whether temperature increased or decreased in that period. Jennifer, can you tell us how climate change plays a role? So this is what makes this study particularly interesting is that we are exploring extreme temperature events in the context of climate change. And to begin with, a general state of global warming or a net increase in temperatures globally is bringing us closer to the thresholds that would be considered to be extreme temperature events. So we've had about a one degree increase in temperatures over the past century. That brings us one degree closer to each of these thresholds. And to the end of the century, we've got projections of about four to six degrees for most of Southern Africa, which again means that on any given day, add four degrees potentially to that temperature, you're going to be much closer to the threshold for an extreme temperature event. But there is greater complexity to this, and that's why we are also seeing some increases in extreme cold events. And that's because climate change is resulting in a change in our global climate dynamics and in our synoptic climate patterns. And so, for example, recently we've seen that there's been a slowdown in the Gulf current, and that's resulting in much colder conditions that are both being experienced and projected to be experienced across regions of Europe, we're seeing similar things here where we've got changes in our climate dynamics that are meaning that we have both uh, changes in the numbers and the frequency of extreme hot and cold events. And so climate change is resulting in much greater variability and a much greater intensity of all sorts of extreme climatic events. And that, of course, means that it's much more difficult to predict when we're going to experience cold or hot extremes, where we're going to experience them, and therefore much more difficult to plan and adapt towards these. What are the next steps for the research? We're definitely planning on continuing our research into this. Uh, Adriana and myself are planning as our next stage to start to look into a number of indices that model the impact of these extreme heat events on human physiology and determining the impact that extreme heat events are likely to have on people in particular geographic settings and with particular forms of adaptationary responses, such as clothing and air conditioning and other mechanisms that would help them to survive these extreme heat events. 
And we've also got a lot of work that's planned in terms of understanding the seasonality of these events and integrating this with work uh, that one of my other former students, Dr. Sarah Rofe, has done exploring the changes in our rainfall seasonality and merging together extreme rain and heat events. Extreme heat and extreme cold can both have a major impact on people going forward. Understanding when there will be extreme heat and extreme cold can pave the way forward in working out how to deal with these issues. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozea Patel. From me, Inas Kosana, goodbye for now.